You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to St. John, the Gospel according to John, John chapter 14. Very familiar passages of Scripture. Sometimes we uh, could use the reminders of the things that have been taught and committed to us. The Lord laid this on my heart uh, to share, to minister, to teach, and to preach from a very familiar, I won't call it simple because uh, what it, it's, it's simple to understand. It's simple in its theology, but there's nothing about God that is small. Everything that God gives us is big. And uh, verse 15, St. John chapter 14 and verse number 15. Jesus says this to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And these are the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ concerning the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to use for subject preaching just a few moments this morning a message entitled The Helper. Uh, the Helper. He is our helper. Amen. He is who we need, not it, but he. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third member of the triune Godhead. And we as the church need him in every capacity of our lives and of the ministry. Would you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this church, the leaders here, and this service that we've had thus far. We pray right now that you will help us, anoint us to minister, anoint us to preach and to teach that which I believe you've given for the service. Anoint the people to hear, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us not to do violence to your word or to your spirit. But help us to preach sound doctrine, and we give you the glory and praise, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Anytime we study a great subject um, concerning the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a cause to pause because, number one, there's no way you can exhaust a subject like this in one service. There's one, no way one person can uh, thoroughly go through because... The person and work of the Holy Spirit is complex in regards uh, to theology. It is uh, the teaching on the Holy Spirit is vital to the church. Uh, and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, a lot of times in the holiness church or the Pentecostal churches, typically when we mention the Holy Spirit, we mention the Holy Spirit as it pertains to the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, what the Holy Spirit will manifest uh, in our lives. And that's good. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen, somebody. I believe in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, divine healing, all of these great miracles and grace gifts that God has given to the church. And, uh, but oftentimes we don't emphasize the person of the Spirit, 
uh, the fruit of the Spirit or the complete capacity of which the Holy Spirit brings to the church. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, uh, the Holy Spirit didn't just bring tongues. The Holy Spirit brought all that the Father has. And that's so important as you read the book of Genesis and you read a story concerning a young servant named Eliezer. Uh, the Eliezer was sent by the father, Abraham, to Mesopotamia to find a bride for his wife. Keep that in mind. He was sent. The Holy Spirit was sent to the world to find a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But before Eliezer left Abraham, the Bible says all that the father has, everything that Abraham has is in my hand. And when he found the young lady, he gave her gifts and he asked her a question. He says, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? And that's the question that all of us have to have or answer as it regards believers. Do we have room for all that the father has? The Holy Spirit wants to bring all. Somebody say all. He doesn't just want to bring a few things. He doesn't just want to make us shout and make us dance. And I love to shout and dance. I love to speak in tongues. He doesn't just want to bring that to us. The Holy Spirit wants to change our lives. Thank God for the goosebumps. And thank God for the feeling. I do want to serve a God that I can feel. Uh, we feel his presence. We feel his nearness. But the work of the Holy Spirit goes beyond a Sunday morning service. He goes beyond a Bible study. He goes beyond a prayer meeting. The work of the Holy Spirit is what you and I have to have and need in our daily lives. And these are not just talking points. These are things. And this is what I believe even on a personal level. It's easy to talk about other people, but I can talk about myself on a personal level. I, God, really, I don't want to just preach this or teach this, but I want to live this. I want this to be real in my life. You know, you can't go back and change the things you did. You can't go back and change your failures of the past. But you know what we can do? We can progressively move forward in the things of God and we can learn. You know, there's a saying that says when you learn better, what? Do better. And we should be learning this and we should, you know, it, it goes beyond a sermon. When you hear a sermon, that's good. And I know you guys are sitting under sound doctrine. I know these brothers and I hear their preaching. I have heard what they teach and preach. But it's one thing to hear a sermon. It's another thing to take what that sermon says and to begin to apply it to your daily life. It's not just me shouting amen because the preaching is good. It's saying, Lord, what is in this word that will impact my life Monday when I'm at work? Tonight when I'm home with my spouse or tonight when I'm home with my children or, or with my or young people. How do I relate to my parents? How do I relate to my coworkers? And the Holy Spirit has so much to do with all of this. Let's get into this tonight. Uh, I want to first of all say this. Everything that the Holy Spirit does is directly tied into the person and work of Christ. And as you study the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find that Jesus, in the latter part of his earthly ministry, began to talk about the Holy Spirit more than he did in the first part. And in the book of John, he actually tells them, in John chapter 16, he says, it is expedient for you that I go away. It's necessary for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter cannot come. 
And then in John chapter 7, he says, of course, he talks about the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, he said, if you believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He says, this he spake of the Holy Spirit who had not yet come. Why not? Because Christ was not yet glorified. So he tells us that the Holy Spirit is coming, but something has to happen first. The whole, now, let me make sure I'm clear on this. The Holy Spirit has always been here. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. The word beginning is the dateless past. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then it says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So we know the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. Genesis 1.26, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. We see a collaboration here. We see a conversation here. I know people out there who are, are of the theology of oneness or uh, there, I, I don't know. There's several different names of it. Jesus only, uh, several different names. But we believe not according to church history, but according to the Bible. That God is eternally existent in three distinct persons. Not personalities, but persons. Uh, we don't believe that God is just, uh, that Jesus is the only person in the Godhead. We believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We believe that the Father is not the Son and the Son is not the Father. The Holy Spirit is not the Son, but the Holy Spirit fell upon the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit, but the Son sent the Holy Spirit. How do you send yourself into the earth while you're sitting on the throne? You got to count. And so he says, let us make man in our image. So you see the distinction here of the Godhead. And you see the distinction where the father tells us that the son will come into the earth to die on a cross. And when he dies on the cross, anyone who believes in what he did at Calvary, which was his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and now he's seated by the right hand of the father. And because of that finished work, whosoever will can believe in that work that person Jesus Christ and what he did and at the moment you believe that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says for by one spirit here's the Holy Spirit are you baptized into one body so you see the spirit is there in everything concerning salvation and not only does the Holy Spirit baptize us into Christ, Romans 6 and 3 tells us that we were, know ye not that so many of us was, were baptized into Jesus Christ. This is not water baptism. This is a submerging into the person of Christ. It's a, un, a union. You are uh, united with Christ when he died. You were united with Christ when he was buried. You were united with Christ when he rose from the dead. This is Christianity 101. This is church theology here. Just teaching church theology. And sometimes it's good to go back and just get a, a refresher, a reminder. You, you gotta, I, I've talked about it before, and I'll say it again. When you get your job, you get that benefit package. Amen? And when you get that benefit package, you love what it says. You love what's in the benefit package. Well, as a Christian, when you got saved, you got a benefit package. And your benefit package was made available to you because of what somebody else did, not because of what you did. All you did is accept the position. 
All you did is believe in Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And so as we read the scriptures, we're actually, have you heard of the legal document or will and testament? And when you read the scriptures, you're reading a legal document, so to speak, the will and testament of a man named Jesus Christ. Well, in order for you to receive the benefits of the will, what has to happen? The person has to die. And you and I are beneficiaries of what uh, is in the package. Well, when you read the scripture, you're reading the will and testament of Jesus Christ. And what I'm emphasizing this morning is this. Someone had to die in order for the Holy Spirit to permanently reside within you. I want to remind you this morning and remind myself and all of us is that you and I are not alone. We have help today. Think about that for just a moment. You have help. When you feel discouraged, when you feel down, keep in mind you have help. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what does the Bible say? He says the Spirit of God will come in. I mean, you and I have so much help this morning to where when you think about what the Scriptures are, this is why it's important to read the Bible. A lot of Christians today, uh, I, I was reading and I was listening to someone uh, and they were doing a study. I don't know where they get the numbers from and I don't even remember all the numbers of how many people in the church no longer read the Bible. How preachers don't really preach from the Bible. How can it be church if we don't have the Bible? How can it be preaching and pastoring and ministry if we don't use God's guidelines and God's order and what God said we have to have? And I was listening to a pastor, and I'm definitely not going to call names. And, and I paid attention over time. He never opens his Bible. It's just really a bunch of speeches and, you know, a bunch of good things about how great you are and how proud you should be of yourself and, 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 and all of the things that the Scripture really teaches against. You don't have to wake up. and I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, confessing the Word of God, believing the Word of God, standing on the Word of God. All of those things are scriptural, and they're in order. But you standing up every morning telling yourself how great you are doesn't make you great. I don't, I don't know what we've gotten or how we got here. And, you know, it's just a lot of positive speech. Oh, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. If you're around me, you're awesome too. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, hanging around me is not going to make you awesome. If anything, I, I would dare to say hanging around me a little while will make you pray for me more. I thought he was anointed. If we're honest, that's the reality that all of us have to face. Amen, somebody. Let me talk to your wife. Let me talk to your husband. All we got to do is talk to the family a little while. We'll see some stuff that's not shandalarobosiandalaba. See, this is what happens in the church. We have that, but we don't have... I, I, there's this, in my culture, and I, I've told you guys this before, so if you're new, you know, I don't mind talking about where I'm from and, uh, and, and the things that I experienced as a child in church. And some of you, if you've never met me before, I'm, I'm, I'm a black man. I grew up in the, the Holiness Pentecostal Church and in the culture. And listen, let me make sure I'm, I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm, I have no shame. And uh, but we, we uh, the dancing, man, the shouting. Oh, my God, we would start church at 11 o'clock. We wouldn't get out to after three. 
True story. And that was Sunday morning service. Sunday night, we'd be right back at 6 o'clock and get out at 9.30, 10 o'clock, had to be at school the next morning. Choir rehearsal Monday night, Tuesday night prayer and Bible band, Wednesday night youth service, Thursday night prayer meeting, Friday night service, Saturday night. Bible said, this is true. We had church all week long. My brother Mario, that you, most of you know, he told me when we were about 13, 14, he said, man, I want to go to hell. I'm not being funny. He told me that. He said, going to heaven is just too much work. It's too much. And every service was filled with shouting and dancing. And I love it. I love the expression. I love the praise. I love the dance. I love the shout. But it took me a while to start to realize something. We had the Holy Spirit's presence when it came to the shout and the dance. But when the benediction came, Sister Smith couldn't get along with Sister Williams. Brother John couldn't stand uh, Brother Joe. And, and you start, there were no character traits and, and there was no change in the character. There was no change. We were dancing Sunday morning, but Saturday night we were in a nightclub. And I mean, there was, there was alcoholism, perversion, sexual immorality, and it was running its course. But we had the Holy Spirit. We had the shout. We had the dance. And most of you, if you're familiar with the charismatic movement, you've seen that holy jerk. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. We called them quickenings when I was a kid. That's when you're in the middle of service and all of a sudden something in the air hits you and you jerk out of nowhere. And if the person beside you is Baptist, they don't know what happens and they get terrified. We called them quickenings. And we had all of those quickenings and we had all those holy jerks and, and we had all of the movements and we had the dance down pack and we could sing in the Hammond B3 and the organ. But when it came time for the Holy Spirit to work on my attitude, it was something that we didn't really want. So what has happened is we're, we're really, in essence, we're using the Holy Spirit for our benefit instead of him using us to the glory of God. Remember the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in St. John, he said, he will glorify me. When he is come, he will remind you of what I have taught you. That's what he says in John 14. If you get down to about verse 28, he says, the comforter is going to remind you of what I've taught you. Well, what did Jesus teach them? Jesus taught them, he says, listen, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out of a man because it comes from his heart. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus said, don't just salute or pray for those in your circle. He says, salute those and pray for those who don't think like you, who don't talk like you. They don't look like you. He says, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you not just to love your neighbor or love your brother, but love your your enemy and do good to them that despitefully use you. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit, the helper, he comes to develop character. I find it interesting when you think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You read Romans chapter 12. Everything God gives is a gift, first of all. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You think about the gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit if you read this study, the Bible says 
that the Holy Spirit gives out the gifts as he wills. In other words, and then he goes on to say, for to one will be given the gift of prophecy. For to one will be given the word of knowledge. To one, to one is an apostle. You look over here, pastors and these are gifts. These are uh, people who are Christians, but they have been given gifts. Uh, Brother Steve, who's not here, a gift. And Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that the gifts are to edify the body. Teach, this is this Bible study, teach and explain the word that will bring edification to the body. A unity of the faith. That's what true teaching does. We can preach and shout and get us happy and dancing, but when the shout wears off, my people are destroyed, not because they don't have a shout, but because they don't have knowledge. So we've mastered how to get loud and how to be charismatic and how to have good church style. But when are we going to master the person and the work of the spirit that comes to bring unity, that comes to develop character? Gifts. He gives gifts. The Holy Spirit will give out gifts. In other words, everybody's not an apostle. I know everybody's got a business card now. And man, some of these business cards got so many titles they're going to have to make them bigger. Reverend, doctor, master, doctor, apostle, bishop. I'm like, man, just, just be brother. We just confused. We don't know how to greet you now. And now you introduce your guest speaker and it's almost like a boxing match. Now coming to the stage. And so what happens is, and I'm not being comical, it brings attention to the man. Instead of bring glory to God. And now you're not looking for God. So when you leave church, you'll leave impressed by a gift. Oh, what a preacher. What a speaker. People have orator's skills. Listen at some of these people who you see on TV. Some politicians and some world leaders. These folk can talk. Whether you agree with them or not, when they open their mouth, people are mesmerized. You don't believe me? Turn on the TV. Go listen. I, I, I listened to speeches from years ago, and they talked about, uh, I was reading a document about uh, Hitler, and we know how evil this man was. But they said when he would give speeches, people would weep. He actually said, get a lie. Make the lie big. And repeat it over and over again, and the people will believe it. Because they were mesmerized by his gift to talk. You don't have to be saved to have a gift to talk. Politicians have their cliches and their catchphrases. And we become mesmerized. You watch inaugurations and you watch speeches and you hear them talk. I was listening, when, I was working uh, back when, the, I think it's 2008, and when the election came and, oh, my God, everybody was talking because that was this famous line, yes, we can, yes, we can. And folk were shouting. I saw people in the crowd weeping and people said, it's a movement. If the Holy Spirit is not in it, it's not a move of God. He may be able to move the crowd, but if you don't leave church with a willingness and a desire to draw closer to God, you got a gift and you got a style, but you didn't get the gospel because the gospel challenges you to quit the sin business and draw closer to God. 
The gospel confronts us. And so you won't leave church saying, my God, what a preacher. You'll leave saying, my God, what a God. That's what gospel preaching does. So now you got a gift. And the Holy Spirit designates who gets that gift. We're going to give out some gifts this morning. Amen? Sister Becky is an apostle. I just love Sister Becky, so I got to pick on her. Now you got Brother Brian here. He's a prophet. This is an evangelist. This is a pastor, a teacher. These are gifts. Everybody can't have everything. Everybody can't have that. The Holy Spirit bestows upon you, according to the will of God, what God's calling is and his desire for your life. So here's the thing about a gift. Never look at a gift and say, I can do that. You're messing up. You weren't called to do it. I wasn't called to do certain things. We, in other words, stay in your lane. You know, a lot of people go to football games, and if you love I love sports. And, you know, you go in the stands, and, and you know, little Timmy's dad, Timmy's four foot nothing, 39 pounds, and his dad thinks he ought to be the starting middle linebacker. I'm sorry, man. Timmy ain't going to cut it. He just, if you know anything about football, that just ain't going to cut it. And so what happens is he's in the stands telling everybody what they ought to do. Telling the coach what he ought to do. And sometimes you're not in the daily grind of practice. You don't know who's going hard every day. You don't know what player is playing hard in practice. All you, you show up on Friday night or Saturday college or Sunday for professional and say this is what they ought to do and this is how they ought to do it. But you're not qualified. If you were qualified, you could do it. I watched Nick Saban, and I know y'all not Alabama fans. I'm not either, so don't get me wrong. But you got to respect greatness. Amen. You're good. You're just good. And we don't have much of a fight in Mississippi State and Arkansas. Let's just not talk. But when you've won so many national championships, your team is relevant every year. As soon as he loses one game, People are saying, oh, they need to fire him. You're ungrateful. See, there's a lot of grace for the pew, but there's not enough grace for the pulpit. See, the pew can have a bad day and get mad and say, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not going to church. But when the pulpit goes through a failure, when the pulpit, see, we have to counsel you. We have to pray for you when you stumble, when you've been divorced or when you go through tragedy. We are counseling you. But God forbid the church leader goes through some sort of heartache, some sort of pain, some sort of struggle. Now you're saying, I'm not going back to that church. Why? Because we prayed for you when you got jacked up, when you messed up we prayed for you we prayed for your children we loved you where is the grace for the pulpit the same spirit that restored you can restore him because we get mesmerized by gifts I told you there's no way I can finish this but here's the thing about a gift, God gives this. But here's the thing about character. If you read Galatians chapter 5, he doesn't say, 
when he talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say to one is given love, to one is given joy, to one is given long-suffering. Now you start, well, Sister Becky's got long-suffering, but she don't have joy. Brother Brian's got joy, but he doesn't have love. Brother Troy has got love, but he doesn't have any patience. He doesn't have any meekness. That's not how this works. How this is, is that everybody should be experiencing a beautiful, have you ever gone into your grandmother's house or even some of you out now, you go in that house. I know when I was a kid, my grandmother had this huge fruit basket. Any young folk can relate to that? And you want to eat one of those apples or bananas. It's like it's the prettiest fruit in the world. It almost looks fake. You know what I'm talking about? And it's a variety of fruit. That's how my life and your life ought to look. A beautiful fruit basket. Not of just love and joy and no peace and no long-suffering, no gentleness, no self-control. But he says our life should, this fruit should be fully developed as a cluster at one time. In other words, it should be growing. It's not going to, you got saved and bam, overnight you got 100%. Uh, it doesn't happen like that. But it's growth. It's learning. And here's the thing. If you read the Old Testament, I promise you, I'm going to get out of your way in a minute. When you read the Old Testament and you find the garments of the priest, God in the book of Exodus told them to make the garments of the priest. And when you make the garments of the priest, on the bottom of the garment, I want you to put bales and pomegranates. God said, I don't want you to just have bales and I don't want you to just have pomegranates. He says, I want you to have all of it. What does that mean? The bales signify to us the gifts. The pomegranates speak to us concerning fruit. But the bales were always separated by pomegranates. So as the high priest walked, you would see this beautiful embroidery and this beautiful pattern of bales and pomegranates. Without the pomegranates, all you would hear were, were clanking noises. But the pomegranates, the fruit, brings a balance. And that's how the church should be today. We should have gifts and we should have fruit. But if we don't look at the person and how this is available, we'll overemphasize. If you look at denominations and you look at centers, most of us know this, but a lot of our Baptist brothers, maybe not all, they don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean that they're not saved. Be careful with that. I don't, I don't believe that or preach that. He's not saved. He's never spoken in tongues. If you believe that, then you're going into the oneness theology. I listen to some brothers, some good preachers, and this will blow your mind, and they don't believe in the Holy Spirit uh, speaking in tongues. They believe in the person of the Holy Spirit, but they don't believe in tongues. Oh, Brother Torrance, you shouldn't listen to him. Well, I do. And I've been blessed. <laughs> but I would rather us have all of it then sit back in our corners the Baptists against the Pentecostals the Presbyterians over here and the one why not say this Lord if it's in your word I want all of it I don't just want to speak in tongues because what will happen is I'll speak in tongues and then I'll treat you wrong and then I don't want to just treat you right and not have power to pray for healing over you 
I don't want to just have love and character and not believe that the gift can operate and a brother can set up and speak in tongues and then a sister can interpret the heavenly language and tell us, thus said the Lord. I want all, somebody shout all. I don't want just some of what the Holy Spirit brings. I want all of what the Holy Spirit brings. And I'll try to conclude this. When you think about, and I'm going to close with this. When you think about, I mentioned to you Eliezer going to find Isaac a wife. When he went to Mesopotamia, the Bible says that he had everything. He found everything. Everything. Everything that you can have. And he brought it when he found Rebecca. And when he found her, she was in her father's house. And as she was there in her father's house, he found her. She was working. She was a working young lady. She was a beautiful, young, pure woman. And he took her. Now, you got to remember, they didn't have no Honda Accords and Chevrolets back then. This was a long journey riding on a camel (laughs) with all of this weight. But here's the thing about the journey. Eliezer was a type, only a type, of the Holy Spirit. I need a young lady. Give me this beautiful young lady. I love her spirit. Now, I want y'all to labor. Daddy, don't get mad at me because I'm going to talk about marriage. I want you to imagine for just a moment you're a single young lady. Just level with me on a practical level for a moment. And somebody comes to you. You're you're praying and you're asking God you want to be married. Amen. That's commendable. And Brother Brian, I'm going to use Brother Brian. He tells this young lady, he he said, young lady, Heather, Hannah, I'm sorry, forgive me. Hannah, I know a young man. And Hannah, let me tell you about this young man. He's loving. He loves God more than he loves himself. He's a praying man. He's in church every week. He's a faithful giver. All of the gifts of the spirit are in his life. He's loving. He's kind. He's patient. I mean, he's got a good income. He is, I mean, he's prompt with everything he does. He's come from a good family. His father owns everything. I mean, by the time he gets through talking, what are you going to be saying? Oh. (laughs) Thank you for being honest. I want you to think for a moment. This is a man you've never seen with your physical eyes. But this is a man you heard about. This is a man you read about. And for this whole journey, just walk with me for just a few moments. Eliezer and Rebecca are on camels. And for the whole journey back to where Isaac was, all Eliezer did was tell her how awesome Isaac is. By the time they got there, she had already fallen in love with a man that she never met. Y'all following where I'm going with this? 
That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's with you. He's now in you because of the cross. And the Bible says he glorifies Christ. So for this journey of Christianity, from the day you got saved until the day you meet Jesus, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you, telling you how awesome Jesus is. Oh, wait till you meet him. Oh, wait till you see him. Wait till you get into his presence. And by the time they got there, guess where they found Isaac? He was in the field praying. Y'all know how y'all women are. Y'all would be giving high fives. Girl, girl, I finally met Isaac. Girl, let me tell you, his hair, oh my God, his hair. His eyes, girl, his shoes, his everything about him is just everything that Eliezer said. That's what's going to happen when the trump of God sounds. When I see him, oh, Shandarabohosa, when I finally see him, it's going to be worth the wait. He's everything that the Bible says he is. He's everything that the the Holy Spirit says he is you have fallen in love with a man that you have physically never seen but you read about him you study about him you hear sermons about him but soon and very soon we shall behold him somebody give God praise if you know what I'm talking about the journey is sweet the journey gets hard sometimes, but it's sweet. There are times where you thought about throwing in the towel, but thank God for the helper. There are times where you thought about giving up, but thank God for the helper. There are times where you thought when you went through tragedy, you went through losing a loved one, where you thought there was no hope for tomorrow, but the helper. The old saints used to say, when I wanted to give up something on the inside keeps telling me to go ahead. That's the Holy Spirit telling you don't quit and don't throw in the towel. He is your help. He's your help. He's my help. He's the help for the church. He's the help for the believer. He's the helper in every aspect of our lives. And Paul said, we're awaiting the blessed hope. We're awaiting something. Paul also said, he hath, who hath begun a good work in you, he will complete it. This is a daily journey. This is a daily walk. But the good news is every single day I've got help and I can make it to glory because Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. Would you stand to your feet all over the house of God? Bible says in Romans chapter 8, singers, musicians, you can come if you want. He said there are times where we don't even know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. I don't know sometimes what to ask for, but the Holy Spirit burdens our heart. He, he, he begins to minister to you. He begins to deal with you. He begins to lead you. He begins to guide you. And every person in this room, all of us, we need that guidance. In tough times, we need it. In troublesome times, we need it. And I want to encourage you today as we close the sermon, and whatever you guys have to play or sing, just 
begin to play softly. You have help today. Maybe someone in here is going through a trial or maybe you're facing difficulty. Let me say this. Maybe there's a bondage. There could be a bondage in your life. It could be a problem. The Holy Spirit is there to help. He's showing us, and I didn't get to this, the answer. He keeps pointing us to Christ. He said, this is the answer. Who he is and what he's done. And it's as though the Holy Spirit is saying, because of who Christ is and because of what Christ did, I can help you overcome the bondage in your life. If you'll simply look to him and just surrender and let me help you. You know how we say, I got it. Yeah, that's true, but we don't have everything. We can't handle everything. We can't control everything. It's simple this morning. If you just want to pray, if you just have a need this morning, whatever it is. And let me say this. Don't limit God. Don't say that your need is small. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. He said, cast all of your care upon me. He said, for I care for you. So if, if there's something in your life that matters, if it's a child, if it's a loved one, whatever it is, would you come this morning and let's just pray. Let's just pray as they sing. Let's just pray and let's just give God that problem and that situation that's in our life. Hallelujah.
If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.